He always seems to get involved, doesn't he? I'm telling you, too many coconuts have hit him right on top of the skull. Well, I think uh, Anthony will be a great acquisition. He can do it all. Avery, whose show is this? And we're live. Welcome, everybody, here to the Lakers Lounge. I'm Anthony Irwin, joined by a uh, unnamed cognac-sipping Aaron Larsoul. Uh, you can look at the topics that are going to be on the uh, show. By the today. way, there was there was no th- sorry to interrupt you, but there was there was no sipping. <laughs> this is going to be. I have a feeling this is going to be a guzzling, not okay. a sipping. Gulping. Yeah, it's like a uh, like a like a blue whale going through a a a group of plankton is is how uh, Aaron. Such. Is, yeah, uh, is is how he is going to be. Um, By the way, I'm I'm okay if this show just turns back into orca facts instead of. Uh, me having to dodge Lakers trade questions. I'm fine with that. Man, so I will, I guess we could talk about this later, but like my algorithm on Facebook, so essentially what I did um back during the last election cycle okay. was um okay. I I went and liked a whole bunch of orca accounts and killer whale accounts and like see like nature accounts, right? To like spam the political people out of my timeline mm-hmm. right and it worked it's oh, great. is that is like, that is that's the genesis of all of this the, the yeah, yeah I, just, oh. I didn't i didn't i was sick of like you know fair enough racist yeah. un, racist uncle bill like in his takes or whatever so i was just like i'm going to like move you out of here get you out of the paint with mm-hmm. some killer whales and stuff okay and now we're heading into another election cycle and i'm like man i might need to like Triple down because somehow, somehow, some way, those takes find their way into my life. But um, orcas are gnarly. Is is what I was like, where I was heading with all of this. Let's stuff. just keep like going. This, let's 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 just stuff, keep going. The stuff Another hour do, of this, I'm with it. Like they they take down like bottlenose dolphins. Like you know you know like you know Flipper the dolphin. You know right. his name right. is Flipper. Right. I guess. Flipper. Sure. Yeah. yeah, that dude gets murked by orcas all the time. It's just yeah, a thing that dolphins are really smart too, right? Aren't dolphins? Yeah, well, orcas are like a. It, it's like a. The orcas are dolphins. They're a member of the dolphin family, so they're like these really, really. And they always say, like, man, I wonder what would happen if an orca and a great white shark got into it, like one on one. I'm like, orcas eat great whites regularly. That's a thing that happens all the time because great whites are like a third of you know a big male orca's size. But anyway, good, good try there. That was, that was a solid attempt. Um, today on the show, we are actually going to be talking about last night's game. <clears throat> we we're recording this on a Monday afternoon. Uh, and the reason, by the way, Aaron is here on a yeah, Monday Yeah, I don't know the answer to this. I, I was going to ask myself. <laughs> well, one, it, the reason he is here is because he is the consummate professional and teammate. And anytime I message him, hey, would you mind recording this day, whatever day, whatever, his his response is almost always yeah sure whatever let's make it work and um the reason is this week we have Jovan Buha coming on the episode tomorrow Ooh. he and I are going to be talking about all the stuff uh that has been going on of late um the people's champ uh, yeah Jovan then is uh, the people's champ yeah 
Wednesday's episode is going to be reaction to the um, reaction to the game tomorrow night against the Clippers. So that'll sit in your feeds there for Wednesday. And then Thursday, um, we are going to be hopefully having Jake Fisher of Yahoo oh. on to get even more. All right, of I got bumped for Jake the... Fisher. All right, okay. What's that? I got bumped for Jake <laughs> Fisher. So, I mean, all right. Hey, look, man. It could uh, be worse. I mean, yeah, it could be worse. Okay, yeah. All right. I mean, you could sit in on the conversation with us if you want and, no, and just sit there and drink, and drink I'm all set. heavily. I am all set. <laughs> no, no, that would not be good. For so me. if that you guys if you guys are looking for a place to get all of your trade intel and trade rumors and all the trade speculation, um, this is the place right here, the Lakers Lounge. So hit that subscribe button. Hit that Except like for today and comment and all that good <laughs> stuff. You gotta, uh, because... gotta try to get me fired and have <laughs> the, the Magic Johnson size tampering fine levied on the Lakers again. They can't. They can't fire the guy who knows where all the bodies are buried. Um. Uh, all right. So I, I was almost. I was almost one of the uh, one of those bodies. Um. I I think they would prefer me be one of those bodies. So today you we are, are going to be talking you about. Got you. You are. Um, so, Sunday night's game against the Blazers, and uh, I like can't can't quite get out of my head that the Lakers were up, you know, comfortably that whole game and looked miserable, seemingly like the whole game. So Aaron was in the building for that. I want to see if he picked up on any of that as well. Uh, we are going to be talking also today about Dejounte Murray and not him specifically in Aaron's case, but some of the negotiations and um. Some of what you know is now out there. Uh, Shams Karania had another update on the situation, so we'll update that uh, situation as well. And um, because Aaron can't speak specifically about Dejounte Murray, I do have a couple other topics that we can talk about this in a roundabout way. One being that I think the Lakers should take on some longer-term money and go into next year without a like without feeling like a trade needs to happen. Um, and then the other thing is, uh, because it now looks like D'Angelo Russell is not going to be enough because he has a, another year on his contract, essentially, and Atlanta doesn't want uh, him and that deal next year. Um, so it looks like this is going to have to expand to a third team, uh, a three-team deal, and I'm going to poke Aaron's brain and pick at Aaron's brain to just to see what the like a three-sided negotiation looks and sounds like and and what all goes into all of that so again please subscribe please review please comment and like and all of those things and let's go ahead and dive on into this aaron last night the lakers scored 134 points mm -hmm. they won by a million 24 or 20 it was 24 was the final that they that, that they finally won by there mm -hmm. they were in control all night they had mm -hmm. some really flashy plays uh, you had the bounce uh, yeah, alley that D'Lo yeah, had yeah, to, yeah, yeah. To, to LeBron. Um, uh, quick question. Do you, what do yeah. you think would have been more exciting? The play that actually happened where he bounces it and LeBron dunks it on the alley-oop or D'Lo just dunking it by himself? Because I kind of feel like the second Are one we certain D'Lo can dunk? Are, are, <laughs> right. we, are, we, are we certain? <laughs> uh, we used to play this game. Uh, this, was, this goes back to my Portland days. We used to play a game. Um, in the NBA, which is like name an NBA player that can't dunk. And 
I mean, I'm sure D'Lo can dunk. The last person I was like pretty sure, or maybe this isn't the last person, but one that I remember very prominently that I was like pretty sure couldn't dunk was Steve Nash. I'm yeah. pretty sure Steve Nash couldn't dunk. Yeah, I think that's a good one. I think he's probably the best NBA player ever who couldn't dunk. Mm. I mean, he may. I mean, the truth is, he probably at some point he has probably yeah, like about early in his life. career, maybe, probably, but not once but... the not once the back issue started. Like no, once the back yeah. goes, you can just you can forget. Yeah. It. I don't even know if I can touch the rim anymore. I don't even know if I can touch the net anymore. <laughs> once the back <laughs> goes, it's it's. I don't even want to try. I don't even want to think about it anymore. It's uh, um, no. I, I like mean, it I like this comment though from our dude Golden Knight came to look for scoops. Turns out I learned a lot about it. Orcas instead. That's that's you know, that's a good summary of this channel. Shout out shout out Javi and, and Golden Knight. All, all, all <laughs> the the he does the merch is the merch is fire. So shout out Javi. I need um, I need to get at Javi about about getting some merch. Oh yeah, you can wear wear some of the Golden Knight merch on the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. happily. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, you should. All right. So, but yeah, I I, I want to know though, like the the. It seemed like the kind of game, it felt like a get-right game, right? Like, it felt like, you yeah. know, the vibes should have been pretty good coming out of that one. And yet, like, you had D'Lo do the post-game interview with Trudell, and he was looking off into the distance, like, kind of longingly. Okay. And, and, hold and on, let me hold on. Now, now, hold on. Let you had, you had, you had Rui stop. walk through the tunnels, and he did, like, the, I, I still have the, I still have the, um, the image. Look at Rui. Look how sad he looks. It's Rui. I mean, that's not okay. But like, what? can we give him a hug? A still, just, like he took a one still image and he looks. He, he like I, I could find the clip. I could find the clip. And he doesn't. Clip. I mean, he doesn't. He does look a little. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he doesn't look that excited there. Um, but that's just a still image. So this is part of the. This is part of the. I guess effectiveness, but also ineffectiveness. Now I sound like Darius. <laughs> yes and no. Um, this is part of the effectiveness and ineffectiveness of being in the building. Yeah. Is you see stuff you can't see in TV or wouldn't see on TV. But so I also haven't heard the post game or seen the post game stuff yet. Um, I'm gonna be honest with you, I didn't go directly home last night. <laughs> so uh, I know. <laughs> Yes, yeah, yeah I, I guess called you, you last night. Yes, you did. Yeah, yes, you did. You see, if you have a Hi, second, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Uh, <laughs> fair enough. Uh, the truth is the truth. So, so, but so the thing about, <clears throat> excuse me, the reason why I wanted to stop you is because, like, Delo, the Delo thing where he, you know, he was like, however you said he was, um, with Trudell, Delo could have scored 187 points last night. And been named the king of the universe, and his answers would have been exactly the same. That's just D'Lo. That's just how he is. I don't think that mm -hmm. was specific to any of the rumors or any bad vibes or anything. That's just how D'Lo is. Um, so I actually thought the vibes were pretty good last night. So I'm surprised when you said the vibes are bad. I'm surprised to hear that because I didn't pick any of that up. Again, being in the building, it's a different it's a different uh, experience. But this is a team, and like most teams, they take their cues from their best players. Um, LeBron and AD, you can go back and forth about who you think the best player is, but it's still LeBron's team. Even if AD is the best yeah. player on the team, he might be. Mm -hmm. And he, he the is. team follows LeBron, right? Um, because AD is naturally, AD is competitive as hell, but he's not like a vocal, uh, big personality kind of guy in the way that LeBron is. 
And so I thought LeBron, the vibes around LeBron were, were good. I thought LeBron looked into the game. He looked like he was having a good time, uh, you know, kind of doing his little shoulder, his little shoulder thing. You know, obviously if the dunk. If I had LeBron you, shoulders, I think that's all I would do. Like I would just walk around. If I looked like LeBron James with my shirt off, I, you would never catch me in clothing. I would wear like compression shorts and a bow tie to church. You would not catch yeah. me in. Yeah, like here's, especially here's, at 39. Way, here's, here's the clip of uh, Rui that full, you okay. are, are alleging that I am. Oh, no, I'm not alleging clip. anything. Here's here's the clip that you were saying okay. that I'm lying to the people about. Well, yeah. Uh-huh. Look at it. It's a two second clip. I'll show yeah, it again. That was pretty, that was pretty clear. You see, it, it's. Yeah, I mean, you know. yeah, okay, yeah. He just looks kind of, I don't know, stoic maybe, or like just even, like even. Yeah, let me, I'm going to yeah. grab, I'm going to see if I can grab an image of just like the very end of it. Because, and like, look, normally when Louis throw or when Rui throws up like the, the, the LA, LA yeah, there's uh-huh. like a real like, you know, glint in his eyes. Like, well, I will say, real... I will, I will, I will. So the first time I had never met Rui, I, I first met Rui when the Lakers traded for him. Um, and then he flew in, he, you know, you have to have your, your MRIs and all of your, and a physical and everything. And so he came to the game. He wasn't, he didn't play that night, but he came to the game and I met him in the patio in the back. And ever since, like he does, I will say this to your point, he generally is like a pretty smiley, pretty like upbeat guy. And he doesn't show that in the clip, but I don't think we can take anything necessarily. Here's, here's here's the end of, here's what he looks like at the end of the clip. Like, he's so sad. What the Rui, are you okay? he, he doesn't look sad. He just looks. Wait, wait, wait. You won my twenty-four points. What you started? You been, you, this is Photoshop. You've been photo. This is tinfoil hat answer. Yes. You've been Photoshop. So I was when you said when I you know first came into Zapruder, the Zapruder yard here. and tinfoil hat Anthony. Yeah, is that go. what you're no, saying? I don't. I don't. I like tinfoil hat Anthony. I don't like. Don't. Didn't you know that pictures and video could be altered? Photoshop Anthony. Um. <laughs> When I came into, you know, the, the Lakers lounge here and we, we were looking at, uh, you know, you had the, the topics up to what we were going to talk about today. And you were like the vibes. I was like, I thought you meant all oh, the vibes were good because I thought the vibes in the building, at least the vibes were good yesterday. So I'm surprised to I was surprised and I'm interested to hear like your evidence other than one Zapruder Photoshop picture. I mean, of like Rui. I can I can keep going. I still have like here's LeBron talking after the roll the last five games. Thirty four points, eight assists tonight. What are you seeing from him out there? Uh, just being aggressive, looking for a shot, you know, and uh, you know we keep continue to try to you know find him, especially in transition, um, you know, where the defense is flat and then he's like trailing. Uh, he's shooting, he's just shooting at a high clip right now, and uh, it's good. It's definitely really. Good. And like he just keeps going from there, and that, like that's LeBron. Like, what are you talking about? That is just how LeBron answers questions. Like the fact that he's like looking down, he's like, yeah. You, you, oh, this you, is this is now down. this is Anthony Irwin, body language expert. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I mean, look, again, they won by 24 points. At halftime, they were up by 13. They were all walking to the locker room, and like it, it was like they were walking back there to see some, like, 
loved one who was sick on their deathbed. Like it was crazy to see the vibes that like, like we're and and like, and by the way, like you're talking about like being there in the building, right? Like Harrison spoke um, last week when he was on the show about going to a game and, and, and sitting there and seeing some of the vibe stuff. And like he said, like he didn't see Darwin and LeBron basically interact at all or LeBron, like went out of his way on a couple of occasions to not interact, like sat away from timeouts to not have to hear like Darvin Ham talk. So I like my, the point and the reason I'm bringing all this up is because we're heading into yet another trade deadline here where it, you, you get the sense that everybody knows that a trade is coming and it's a trade of a core player. It's a trade of a starter. It's a trade that, you know, was kind of planned out in the off season and they've all tried to like get here and be professional until that trade is finally and kind of mercifully made. And and I like the reason that, that I I'm I'm saying all of this is that like I I think one thing that um should be a, a goal here in this uh trade season is I think to take on like it, it, you know whether it's Murray, whether it's I think Rogier has a couple years left on his deal. Brockton is expiring, so I don't know, um, like if he really fits this. Um, no, he's not expiring. He has next year too. Uh, he has two years and forty-four million bucks on his contract. Um, but like, what I would like to see the Lakers have going into next season, because it obviously can't happen this year, is go into a year where it isn't like anticipated that a starter is going to get traded starters get traded. It happens every so often, but for the last few years, these deadlines have been and these seasons have been almost defined by moves that, you know, either have to happen or are going to happen. Um, like going into the season for two years, it was Russell Westbrook, right? Where it was such a disaster so quickly with Russ that like you went into that trade deadline season, like, all right, they're, they're, they they got to move off of this. This, that this can't continue. They make the decision to bring him back, but it wasn't like a commitment to Russ. The thinking was, well, they didn't think that they could save that season. So they'll go ahead and see what they could get for him in that summer. And then they didn't move him in the summer. And you went into that following season, like, all right, well, eventually they're going to trade this guy. And like they did, and, and they did go on the run afterward. But now this year you went into it like, you know, D'Angelo Russell signs his new contract with the Lakers. He waves his no trade clause right at the beginning of it, um, which is pretty unprecedented. And you headed into this year with the sentiment that, yeah, the starting point guard probably is going to get moved. Um, it would be kind of surprising if he is on the roster beyond the trade deadline. And I, I, I just don't think that's a very... Um, I, I just don't think that is a very productive culture uh, for, for a team to continue to have to deal with now for years on end. Uh, so what do you think about the idea of like taking on money this year and, you know, having a commitment to a core going into next year to kind of quiet some of this noise that we are still dealing with this season? So, well, let me go back a little bit because I was, um, I mean, and, and part of this is reinforcing your your point. Um, mm -hmm. I was LeBron's first year. I traveled um, with the team full time from there and up until the pandemic. If you have listened to this show or anything else that, that I've been on, you 
heard some of these stories, but uh, the team that year, right before the trade deadline, um, we, I don't say we for like playing stuff, but I say we for travel stuff because I was doing it. So we were in uh, Indiana and we got our asses, the team, the Lakers got their asses kicked. See, right. It's a 48 point loss, 48, 49, something like that. So see how, see how easy it is for me, right? It's the we when it's a travel part, but they got their ass kicked. <laughs> um, but kind of the underlying part of all of that was that it was the trade deadline and everybody thought moves were happening. Um, yeah, I think, I remember, like, this I think is they not were a, chanting at like Brandon at JaVale. Ingram. No, it was, it was JaVale. It was JaVale, JaVale shooting free throws. Uh, yeah. that LeBron, LeBron's going to trade you, yeah, which LeBron's was actually going to really trade you. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was JaVale at the, at the, at the line, but this was, was this is prior to, um, this is, this is prior to, uh, to, to AD, right? So. Oh yeah. And, that's, a, that's even further than that, right? Everybody was waiting for the AD trade. Yeah, yeah. So this was prior, this was prior to AD and it was, so that does like create a difficult atmosphere because these guys are all these guys are all humans um, and people are going through things in life. People are going through, you know, stuff in their basketball lives, but also in, in their lives outside of that. And, you know, that being, having your life um, uplifted like that, right. Moving cities and, you know, whatever your kids are in school and they might. So when there is like the, the pall of, of the trade deadline specter, like hanging over it, it is difficult. Um, and so I do understand your point that maybe that could be difficult for uh, for some vibes. I would say, though, that like, I yeah, look, the, the D'Lo thing, him waiving his no trade clause, the implied no trade clause, basically, um, is was indication that, you know, there was going to be flexibility there and that that would be a possibility. And both sides were open to that possibility. It was, it was part of the negotiation. Um, and I believe it was the, the new rule. It was the first time it was, it was implemented. So I do understand like the, the point that you're making there, but I also, there was like at the beginning of the year and remember in preseason, there was this thought that like D'Lo has had committed to defense, right. And was playing really well in during the preseason, and there was this thing like maybe D'Lo is going to be too important to the team and their success, depending on how the team is doing, to be moved. So I think it's a little, not unfair, but I think it's a little off to characterize it as we knew going into this season that like a starter was pr- going to be moved. The possibility was always there. You are correct about that. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, the Lakers have, have preached now or this offseason was largely about continuity, carrying over the continuity from last year. So I understand your desire to kind of have that actually be implemented. It hasn't really been the case enough this year. So yeah, having your, your set five starters and closers like going into next year sounds lovely. It doesn't happen all the time, but it sounds lovely. I understand. I understand your point. I just, I think it's a little bit not hyperbolic and not unfair, but I think it's a little off to say we went, we've now gone into three years in a row, like knowing somebody was going to get traded. Yes. The Russ thing. Yes, absolutely. D'Lo, I think is a little, I think it's a little less necessary, obvious going into the year. I don't know. 
<laughs> Fair enough. No, it's definitely the the possibility existed, right? By them, by them negotiating. It's not on the same. It's not on the same level as like Russell Westbrook was, where like he had to be right. Crazy. Everybody's been just waiting all year. Like Russ is going. Yeah. We're just waiting, 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 waiting. Yeah, it's Zero. not. It's not at that level, but it, it is like it's not. It's not not though, right? Because like he he he. He like basically he signs that deal and there were like there was like a handful of days between it was the, the reported agreement and then the actual signing of the deal, which is not out of the ordinary or whatever. But from what I have been told, they spent like those few days there canvassing the league to see if they could do a sign and trade that day because they knew that they were going to be hard capped anyway. Or not that day, but like, you know, before the deal was officially they, agreed to. Trading D'Lo out in a sign-and-trade does not hard cap. It's receiving somebody in sign-and-trade. Okay. Uh, but either way, um, but they, so like, essentially, they spent a few days there canvassing the league. They didn't like the the offers or they didn't like the direction that those negotiations were going. So they decided to keep them and head into the season. But like, the vibes have always been there that like, it was, it was, it's certainly like, the the um the most gracious reading of the situation would be that it's always felt likelier that he gets traded than not and so even if they didn't no that is not the most person. gracious reading the most gracious reading is that it was all it has always been on the table and both sides are open to it not that it's more likely he's going to okay I mean I like I I, I I'm not you know. I guess that's that is certainly more gracious. I guess the more gracious, realistic reading would be the what I'm talking. What? About. Why is that not realistic? I because it's not like that's not what I've known all year. Like that is just not that is not the 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 intel that I have gotten all year. Like I, I don't think anybody in that locker room really anticipates D'Angelo Russell being on this just team. Sham, the just Shams Irwin and Anthony Woj. I am Sham Irwin. Like I'm <laughs> like <laughs> I'm Sham. <laughs> Anthony Irwin. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if you. I don't know this if you have the, the other, hair This for is it. the other clip because I see people in the comments asking for it. This is the other clip that that got some people wondering. Uh, this was D'Angelo Russell and Austin Reeves at the end of the bench uh, as the game was coming to an end. And you see them there. They're on the bench, and yeah, and awful, I don't know why. Awful vibes. Well, no, like it, there's there's the clip. I don't know why these clips are shorter at the beginning of it. The beginning of the clip is actually like Austin kind of like rubbing D'Angelo's kind of shoulders and D'Lo's like looking off into the distance and stuff like that. I don't know why StreamYard, StreamYard, get at me. Please fix your clip thing. Um, but the, the beginning of the clip there was what people were kind of looking at. And they're saying like, man, that's a little, it's a little weird that, that like there's, there's like the, the, the way that Dilo was looking off into the crowd looked a little different. Um, and I look, say, I, you and Austin, I, you Austin and I, and Dilo are, are really close, but yeah, continue. you and I um, spoke after the game last night and I asked, um, yes, we did. I asked you like, not, you know, did you pick up on any of the stuff? And one of the things that we talked about, and I tweeted it that, that night was like, if anything was actually imminent, you know, because this is something you could say, like, and clearly nothing was imminent because a trade hasn't happened in the, the you know, 12, Correct. 16 hours since. Um, but I said, like, if something was imminent last night, then D'Lo wouldn't have played. Right. And and D'Lo played and, uh, you know, everybody who was healthy played last night. You didn't have any of those like hilarious. Oh, yeah. He just 
pulled his hammy in warmups. Crazy weird thing. That yeah, <laughs> right. They like starting run. pitcher who gets who gets pulled in the third, like in the middle of an inning. He's, he has a and perfect game going. It's pulled in the third because he's getting. When I covered yeah. uh, when I covered um, the Dodgers at the beginning of my career, um, we used to joke on the beat, uh, you know, for the brief time that I was on it about like hug watch. And it was like when you would get to you would get to like that uh, time of the year. The, yeah, in the dugout. The, yeah. the trade deadline, you would look yeah. into the dugout. And then if you saw guys like hugging, you're like, uh-oh, hug watch, <laughs> hashtag hug watch. The guys are all gathered around so-and-so. This person probably isn't going to be on this team or isn't going to be be uh, be available for this game because a trade just happened. And by the way, like I'm kind of laughing at it, but to the point that you're making earlier, that is difficult for these guys to deal with. Right. Like it is it is like these are human beings. And, yeah, they get paid an inordinate amount of money in part because of the anticipation and the expectation that this is a part of your lifestyle playing in this league. But like you like you just said, D'Lo and Austin are very close. Like it is going to be a bummer if and when D'Lo gets traded and and Austin has to deal with that. Um, I have heard that is not it's not something that like. Austin is looking forward to in any real way because, uh, you know, he, he does really enjoy having D'Lo on his team. They get along really well. It is like, it's the buddy cop that everybody is waiting for. Like rush hour five, whatever, whatever we're on, please make it those two guys. Um, and, and yeah, okay. I'm with that. But like, I, I, I do think that like, uh, you know, next season, it would behoove the Lakers to go into it because look at all of their competition. Nobody on, on, on Denver thinks that their starters are getting moved. They know that they're all sticking around. Same goes for Boston. Wait a second. Of course, they also won a goddamn championship. Like, sure. But the Lakers, were in the, what are we the Lakers about? were in the, the Lakers were in the Western conference finals six months ago when they and got their asses the kicked by, by Denver this way, you know, and, and, uh, Boston didn't win a championship last year. I think those all starters know that they are safe. Um, oh, wait, 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 wait. Boston just what? completely. What do you mean, Boston? Yes, fine. Boston just completely shook up their roster in the offseason. Yeah, and I'm saying that this trade deadline, those guys—they're playing really well together. By the way, that starting five is one of the best. I think it's the best lineup mathematically in the sport. Mm-hmm. Um, and they and they know <laughs> that going into monsters, yeah, they know going into this season or this uh this trade season that those guys like they they know that they're all going to be together. So they're going to add to that that roster around them, and they know that they are going to be together on the other side of this thing. And I think it's tough now for you made the point you added to the point. Now four straight years, basically, no, like four of the last five years have been kind of defined by trades that you anticipated being made first it was well, not not trade. not coming into the year but yes yes yeah at the well, deadline, yeah yes. so um and pope i apologize i i'm not able to pull up that link I'm, I, I might actually have to go into the like actual watch the video with you guys and find that that link with me. well that's fine too but, but i can i point out there's people in the yeah, chat talking cool. about i'm gonna be conceptual here um people talking about get this person and this person like getting multiple like you and me no 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 no. get this person in trade like get this person and this yeah, like get yeah get early and out of here out of here get, get yeah. these dudes up out of here uh uh people talking about getting like multiple players in trade like in two separate mm-hmm. trades 
and I would just caution you that I'm not I'm not sure the Lakers have enough to get one impact player in trade, maybe, but two, I, there's not enough stuff there. There's not enough for the Lakers to offer for that to happen. So for fans that are hoping for multiple impact players, I don't I don't know how you construct trades two trades that that works there. The Lakers just don't have enough. They don't have enough draft capital. They just don't have enough. The Lakers don't have enough to really go get two, like go get this person and this person. And now we're cooking with, with gas. I mean, cool. Yeah. But how I just, yeah. I, in all of your trade machine. Yes. Anthony sent me another one today. And <laughs> you told me to touch grass. It's raining outside right now. I can't, I you cannot touch, touch grass. grass. You need to touch grass anyway. Um, I, so I would just ask you for whatever, whatever you're doing in the trade machine, always ask yourself, why would the other team do this? And okay. the Lakers go get this guy and this guy. Okay. How, and why mm. would the other team or teams do this? I'm, I'm just going to keep banging this drum forever. I still want a breathalyzer and drug testing before people get to use the I was trade sober machine. this morning when I did that. Right. I'll, I'll tell you that I, you know, Gone are the days where I, I will say I will say this that trade made me made me drink some unnamed cognac. Yeah, because I think I'm 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 off to a good start there. I think. Um. All right. Why here's, would the other two teams the do that? that? <laughs> uh, here's the clip that that actually uh, made people think about it. I, I actually did play the wrong clip before. Here's okay. the actual. Austin kind of like picking up Thilo there at the very end, you know, and I think that's like like, smiling. What, like, what, huh? The beginning, not not at the very very beginning, not at the very beginning, (laughs) but you don't just get to pull out the piece that like makes your point and ignore the rest of it, okay? But like, (laughs) smiling. I don't know where I'm finding the smiling here. I gotta find the overlays uh, so that I can I can add this to it. But uh, no, I I anyway, it, it, all of that is kind of to make the point that I think you agree with, right? In that, like whatever it is that the Lakers do, I would like to go into next season, especially with it being. I mean, this could be LeBron's last season. I don't think it's going to be. And the people who keep on like saying like LeBron could leave, I think are ignoring a lot of what he has said um, publicly and privately about wanting to retire a Laker. But like with next year being potentially uh, LeBron's like final year, I would like to go into it with like actual, um, you know, sustainability of the roster and of the core and belief in the core and, and, and building on but the to be continuity. Fair, we thought that this that year. Stuff. It, really, it hasn't though. played out like, entirely that way, but going into this year, we thought that this year. Well, but like it, 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 I think, I think they thought they were going to get more of a look. And by the way, this is where like, you know, I, I know I'm going to, to um, sound like a scorned reporter here because I got the starting group wrong yesterday, <laughs> but like, I have heard that, that the people like that, that like, when it looked like those five from last year were going to start, there was palpable excitement in the locker room. Like, finally, let's go. And it's not that they have anything against Rui. He's one of those core six. 
And I think there was still some excitement, but we still didn't get any minutes with that starting group from last year's run. Like it still didn't happen, even with Torian being out. Like it's 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 like it's like they're intentionally avoiding it, and they're fine. Like we only have two and a half weeks or so before the trade deadline, and whenever they come to a decision, whatever it is, whether it's to keep D'Lo or to move D'Lo, they are going to be doing so with a minute sample size on what last year's best five man lineup or the five man lineup that got them that started in, in en route to the, the, the Western conference finals. Like we're just, we're just not going to see it. And that's, just, it's crazy to me. So like, even, even within the con- confines of like uh, the continuity that, that you were hoping for, even if you want to ignore all of the, the, the D'Angelo Russell trade buzz, we still didn't get it this year. Like, and, and it was a, and it, and it's been at this point now, it's like a conscious decision to avoid that continuity. And I just, I, I don't, I don't really know what ham and the coaching staff has been thinking there. And I, if I were the front office, I'd be a little annoyed because I think he's actually diminished the values of some of the signings that they made over the off season. You know, I, I don't think they are that, you know, and, and I've reported to this point that Rob Polink and Jeannie bus are not upset with ham and that they do f- fully support him. But if I had signed all of those guys to the deals that they, that I did, and all of a sudden my coach is playing Cam Reddish on a minimum deal and Torian Prince 30 minutes a night on, on four and a half million bucks um, on his deal, I'd be a little perturbed. I'd be a little tweaked. You're like, what's, what's going on here? And I think it's really going to hurt them heading into this deadline. Um, can we talk really quickly, though, about the makings of a three-team deal? Because, sure. uh, again, Shams Karania is reporting that Atlanta doesn't want to take back D'Angelo Russell's contract, and it's probably going to take a third team getting involved to uh, send an expiring deal to Atlanta. And for those of you who keep asking, and I, and, and like, why would when I sent out the tweet that I, I uh, or the trade uh, that I hu- hypothesized to you, Aaron, um, and people are responding like, why would Atlanta do this? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why they want to try to trade DeJounte Murray. I think they should trade Trey Young. I don't know why they want to trade the guy who people don't outwardly hate in that organization. Seems kind of crazy to me, but that's what they keep. That's what, that's where they think that this is going. Um, but it sounds like they're doing, uh, they're, they're kind of rebuilding on the fly here, not fully tearing it down. And they're trying to stay competitive as they move some of the role players around Trey Young. Um, and one way that they see uh, or one thing that they think that they need to happen is for them to um, have some more financial flexibility. So I think essentially my thinking is, all right, go out and get a player who can fit somewhat with Trey Young on an expiring deal and and see what that where that lands you. And uh, the trade that I threw together was D'Angelo Russell going to Orlando, Gary Harris and Jalen Huchifino going to Atlanta. DeJounte Murray going to the Lakers, the Lakers sending the 29 first to Atlanta and sending the Clippers 2024 second rounder to Orlando for helping in the trade. Um, That's, I think, the makings of a sensible deal that checks boxes for for everybody kind of involved there. There might be some tweaks and there might be some additions or whatever. But Aaron, how does a three-team negotiation take place? Because I feel like it's like playing rock, paper, scissors with three people and nobody ever wins. 
So, yeah, you know, there's like the famous, well, I don't know how famous it is, but people say like a three-team trade is a no-team trade, right? Um, they're very difficult. I mean, any trade is difficult, but three-team trades are more difficult. The mechanics of it, though, are a little bit different because people think of it's like everybody negotiating, and that's not how it works. There is one hub of it, and mm -hmm. it is team... B is talking to team A and team C. It is not team A talking to team B, talking to team C, talking to team A. There is generally kind of somebody at the, or some team central uh, to it. And they are kind of brokering it from, from both sides. Um, in this case, it's probably Atlanta, right? Because they're trading the the hottest commodity in the trade. Um, no, in this case, it, okay. in your deal, it would not be. And because the team that is trying to make the move um, okay. has to make like it basically a three team, team trade is basically a two team trade. And then mm -hmm. one of the partners doesn't want something that is on like it, a three team trade is like, yeah. it's generally between team a and team B, you know, team a wants something from team B, but team B doesn't necessarily like, so the way it works is team B goes back to team A and says, go find this or go. If you can get, yeah. if you can get from team C, if you can get whatever from team C, then we'll do it. So mm -hmm. it'll be team A that is at the center of it, negotiating with both sides. Okay. We have this. We, can we get this? Okay. Well, if we can get this team B, you'll, you know, then we can get what, what we want. So it is somebody in this case, in, in your, in your, construction it would be the, in your hypothetical it would be the lakers that were dealing with with both sides um okay. trying to get stuff to satisfy atlanta from somewhere else yeah so essentially the the team that is acquiring the top piece then is like convincing the two teams to help them acquire that top piece right yeah i mean they're they are saying in your scenario, the Lakers are saying to Atlanta, this is what we want. Well, what will you do to get that? And they're saying, we don't want what you have, but if you can get this, then we'd be open to it. Now it's up to the Lakers to find out how to get that. So it's like two separate negotiations, right? In your scenario, the Lakers are having negotiations with Atlanta and negotiations with Orlando separately, basically. Um, and Atlanta's like, oh, yeah, we'll do this if you can get x y and z that's how that that's how that works which is why it's really difficult because you have to pull off two separate deals basically and then yeah. combine them yeah i and and that's why like and look i'm just gonna say this this is this is not reporting on my end this is just me kind of reading tea leaves um look at you getting so big with your capital j journalism that you have to try to be very clear for the aggregators I mean, I just, you know, now that it, it now that it does happen and I have been taken out of context before, I do have to be somewhat careful here. How many how many um, uh, Twitter followers have you gained over the last however long? I think I've gained like 2000 in the last Ooh. like week. Oh, OK. Um, OK. Which is that's you know, half. I think that's half as many as I have to begin with. <laughs> um, but uh, so here's what I'll say, though, about about like DeJounte Murray, the Lakers, Atlanta, this now having to expand to a three-team trade. Historically, 
and I'll explain why here in a second. Historically, the trades that the Lakers eventually make are not the trades that we see coming and the trades that we see like bandied about for weeks on end, right? And the reason that that is, it's like it's at, and, and I'm not, I don't levy this criticism against him because it makes my job more difficult. I levy this criticism against him because I think it's too thin of a <clears throat> too thin of a front office. But essentially, with Rob Polinka as a vice president of basketball operations and the GM, and I think Jesse Buss is the assistant GM, right? Do I have that right? Is it Joe? Whichever, uh, whichever is the older one is is the uh, assistant GM. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> and also, by the way, also. Uh, in scouting and, and head of uh, the South Bay, the GM, South Bay's GM. Yeah, continue. but you see you see all of these people in the Lakers front office wearing multiple hats, essentially. And that that is to say that it is one of the thinner front offices in the sport. And that can be a good thing. It can be a bad thing, right? If everybody is in lockstep and everybody is operating at a high level, it's fine. And the benefit of it is that it makes it really difficult for people like me or anybody to gain information on what they're actually getting ready to do because you can really hammer down any leak and identify where that leak would be coming from. Um, so like when I say, and, and this isn't me, like, you know, this isn't an opinion, those trades that the Lakers have actually done have typically come kind of out of nowhere because it's a, like a handful of people who only talk to each other and only then actually leak what they're getting ready to do to like the reporters that they trust. Right. So like Palenka has been on Woj's uh, podcast in the past. They have a relationship. You see them talking every time Woj is and, and, and Palenka are in the same building together. They have, they they're, they're friendly. And so when it comes time to actually decide on a trade and something becomes actionable and they decide to act upon it, the, the the leak goes out there to Woj, and that's how we all find out about the move that the Lakers are actually getting ready to do. When it comes to things that they're considering doing, that's when those circles widen up quite a bit because agents of players who uh, would potentially be involved in these things hear about it and want it known that their that their player is either a hot commodity or or might potentially move, and they want it to get out there so that the fan base reacts to potentially a fan favorite being moved who doesn't want to move. Um, and, and, and that's how, you know, with me being newer in this, in, in this endeavor, that's how I find out about more stuff is when those circles kind of spread out a little bit and more information, that information flow gets a little bit uh, bigger, but in terms of like what the Lakers are actually getting ready to do and, and with this, this DeJounte Murray deal and how much we have heard about it, I actually am not I'm not actually all that optimistic that it's going to happen. Again, speculation on my part, but I feel like at this point we've heard too much about it and you know, now we're getting the dosi do where um you have Atlanta leaking that Milwaukee is interested in in DeJounte Murray and you have Chris Haynes tweeting that hilarious <laughs> um graphic right, the like, breaking, breaking news breaking news <laughs> Breaking news, DeJounte Murray is generating interest in the, from the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, like like the way that that is going down, you know, in, in implied to me that those talks are continuing. And I am I, 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 I have been told 
even after those talks broke off, you know, last week or, you know, whatever it was um, a week ago, Friday, um, that, you know, the anticipation around the league was that those two teams were going to talk and uh, would, would resume those talks eventually. But given how much we now know about it and given how much information is out there, um, I, I'm a little skeptical that, that, that this specific trade is going to go down. Um, but we'll see, you know, it's, you never really know. Um, I, I, I have one last thing for you before we get out of here. All right. The, um, there's a, like a pretty heated conversation now at this point, because of the way that D'Angelo Russell is playing, um, like should the Lakers even trade him? And I am still of the opinion that you do. Um, I do think that there are some, like there, there are some people in that locker room who would be happy to have him back, especially now that he's kind of playing in a way that makes him more productive next to LeBron and and AD. Um, But I, I'm curious, like how much does the way a player play, like is playing heading into the trade deadline? How much does that like actually impact their value because you always hear like it's always like a joke you know oh so and so is really helping their trade value with this game but i feel like at that point like if a game is actually swinging trade value that's bad process depends. on the team that's doing the evaluation yeah depends 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 how established in the league somebody is like depends what kind yeah. of track record they have um yeah like in delo's case not at all Stut. i mean i think that's what you're getting at right like in delo's yeah. case in delo's case not at all it doesn't like the NBA at large knows who D'Lo is. D'Lo has stretches where he's a very, 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 very good offensive player. And yeah. he is having one of those stretches now. He also has stretches where he floats around and he doesn't do anything on defense either time. So the league knows who D'Lo is, if that's who you're referring to. But yeah, very little. If it's if it's somebody that has changed something. If it's like a, a new role or mm-hmm. where, where you could, Oh, that's a good in, point where you could envision. So like if there's a reason for the uptick, right. If you can envision somebody like, because players do get shown off basically or highlighted um, for trade value purposes that happens, but not when you're as established in the league as, as Delo is. If it's younger guys like in Murray for that matter. Correct. Yeah, if you're if you're a younger guy, um, like there's a lot of rumors out around about uh, Kaminga from the Warriors, mm-hmm. and but he's in his third year in the league, like he's playing a bunch more now in a different role, like so that kind of thing does happen. But like the way D'Lo is playing right now, if that's who you're referring to, has no impact on his his trade value at all. A new role or a younger player who is less established in the league you know, playing more minutes so other teams can see what he could possibly do in those minutes. It all, it goes the other way too. Like guys that are not guys, teams will hold guys back because they don't want to expose them for doing things they can't do in a larger role because that's going to diminish their value. But for, for people as established in the league as people the Lakers are potentially trading or potentially receiving in trade, how they're playing right now has nothing to do with it. So in this hypothetical, or, or, or with that in mind, Miles just started walking. Mm. So his trade value way up right now because yes, he's that's right. Uh, is it, he has wait, not been no. able to do his entire life. 
No. Actually, it's a little lower because it no, means it's lower because that means he can get into more shit. <laughs> that means <laughs> I have to be more attentive as a as a parent slash guardian slash babysitter. So no, that lowers his trade value. No way. <laughs> no, it way. is adorable though. Like he's just he's such a lazy baby that like he'll take two steps and be like, "We're good. We're good here." I like I, I did showed the y'all thing. I could. Now I'm done. Yeah. Yeah, and then we'll take out the phone and we'll video like, well, all right, come on, come on, Miles, do it, do it, do it. Nope, not happening. You and I have different videos on our phones, brother. <laughs> I bet you have people walking in your phone. It's just like you're looking at different things while the subject is walking. <laughs> mm. Mm, not a lot of walking. <laughs> not a lot of walking. It's a lot I mean, of making mac and cheese. It's a lot of... <laughs> I do have a lot of food videos in my phone. I do a lot of mac and cheese. You are correct about that. All right. Uh, that is going to do it here for this episode of the Lakers Lounge. Shouts to Aaron for being flexible and hopping on here. Um, I, I, you know, as, as you always are. Uh, if you guys enjoy Aaron and me talking, hop on uh, playback and, and, and catch All Access Lakers, where he and I will occasionally watch games together. Um, make an account there that is playback.tv slash all access Lakers is where you can catch that. I had Shub on the show last night. He's also somebody who does that with us there. Um, Shub was great, had a blast. A lot of people really seem to enjoy Shub's appearance. So <laughs> Shub's Shub's funny. He has, yeah. a, he has a unique, he has a unique yeah. uh, connection with the team. He fans yeah. in a way that's yeah, I enjoy how he fans. It's so uh and actually after after we got off the air, um, we agreed that at some point we'll have all five of us here in the lounge Ooh. to kind of preview preview to people who ha- maybe haven't tuned in to us uh there who have you know who enjoyed this content here on this channel to maybe go and check out us on on all access lakers so maybe that's something that we could consider doing there as well um as far as the rest of the week again like i said we'll have yovan on tomorrow we have fisher coming on later this week we'll We'll have raj on at some point uh after one of the games that the lakers play this week um and and yeah so hit that subscribe button um, hit the like button, comment all you want. I'll, I'll pop into the comments occasionally as well and, and answer questions that I see there. Um, and, and yeah, until tomorrow and until the next time you guys hear from us, I'm Anthony Irwin. That was Aaron Larsoul. This has been the Lakers Lounge.